Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. What do you do when your day job feels a bit uninspired? I mean, you could always quit suddenly and head off to astronaut school. Seems like a reasonable approach. I sat down with playwright Johnny G. Lloyd and director William Steinberger to discuss their work on Inversion Theater's new production or an astronaut play currently running at the tank. Take a listen. You know the jam. You know the Yeah. Sweet. Um, I mean, you, we, you mean, we know you've been recording this whole time. I, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> who are you strange people? Tell me who you are. Let's start with everybody's name on the mic. So I have the playwright. Johnny G. Lloyd. And you are the playwright of? Or an astronaut play. And we also have with us the director. Will Steinberger. Awesome. Uh, returning podcast guest. That's why we're uh, yapping on. We're trying to remember like past <laughs> podcast appearances of Inversion. Um, so what's, um, what is this play? Uh, besides a play with a killer title, uh, which is part <laughs> of what drew me. Uh, and, I mean, you gentlemen, obviously, but like, I love that there was, uh, the, I, I love the title. Um, oh, how do you describe this to piece though? When you tell people like, come see or an astronaut play, why do they want to see this? So I think, and I keep on kind of switching between, the glib answer right now is that it is um, a piece about capitalism, uh, a period piece set in 2017 about capitalism. <laughs> but the real answer, that is actually not, I mean it is true, but it's also not true. It's not set in 2017. Um, but I think that whenever I'm talking about it, I love highlighting its uh, childlike wonder um, and its I think it's like a, I think it's a play about race and privilege and access, but also still about like finding access to like that inner child and finding a way to like negotiate that. Um, and that's why like I've had a really fun time working on it and a really fun time writing it. Um, and so that's kind of what I hope people key into. And I, I think it's, we have, a, we have a fun time work, like watching it as well. Yeah. Um, is that like that sense of wonder, that sense of, play and also like the dark side of where like again the glib answer that you oh, gave yeah. us this uh the, the dark side of um, capitalism and racism in, in 20 contemporary times um how does that all, all that is this word soup is to say like will as the director when this came to you what do you do with a piece like this when you see something like this i was really excited because i think like i don't know the word colorful was definitely like something that hit my heart kind of just reading it the first time and, and, you, and you know you gave that direction to your lighting designer which is great no, 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 but, um, <laughs> no, the truth is, I mean, in terms of, because there are, like, literally so many colors, the truth is that um, Bailey Costa, Ismir Iqbal, Brian Hickey, Barbara Arundella, who are incredible designers, we worked really, really hard, really, really collaboratively, really, really early um, to sort of make stuff, um, make stuff happen in a fairly, frankly, small space, and we knew we wanted a lot of literal color. We talked a lot, um, you know, there is this, you were talking about, I'd love to talk about children for the entire podcast, but I'll keep, I'll keep, it, I'll keep it really brief. But, um, you know, the sense of childlike wonder, you, you know, we literally looked at kids' drawings. Uh, one of my day jobs is as an elementary school teacher, and we literally stole my kids' art, so I hope that this doesn't go online. Um, and we talked a lot about, like... It's an audio podcast. Yeah. They, they, they won't see, see the artwork. It's, it's like, fun. you got to get the tape. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about sort of, like, who has the right to sort of maintain a childlike hope and wonder, and we wanted to visualize that. And then, you know, this, you know, this is a... You know, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the culture of spoilers is anymore. But like, you know, the play ends in space, and then you see miraculous things through the lead characters. So like, you very practically we just sort of built it like from the last two scenes uh, backwards, so to speak. Um, so that was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally like stole my kids' art. We talked a lot about that. <laughs> Me and Ismir like texted each other like 
photos of like kids' drawings. Um, so that was like a big a big thing, and you know just to sort of like emphasize the surreality. I think the of the play's many great strengths. In addition to its humor, is its tone. It's a really unique surreal tone, um, and that was important for me to to preserve. Yeah, surreal tone. I think that's a really interesting thing to like hit on, like the surreal tone coupled with these very real people. Like I, well, I think I think you could argue or. Yeah, fairly, that some of these characters maybe are um, dialed up to 11 just a little bit. But I know these people. I've seen these people. (laughs) I've met every single one of these characters. So it's it's grounded in a real sense of reality. But then there's this, we're an astronaut school on top of that. Where'd you you come up with this idea? Because I feel like this is the sort of, like, (laughs) I I could feel like from the little, the few interactions that you and I have had, I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, this seems like the kind of thing that Johnny would want to write about, right? Oh, yeah. But then there's space school. (laughs) So, like, how did you get to space school? Yeah, so the the play, I wrote the play originally very quickly in, like, two weeks in 2015. Um, So it's been a minute now. Um, And when I was writing it, I think the reason that I went to space, um, we had just done, maybe a year before we had done a play, not even a year before, maybe like actually a month before I wrote this, um, we had just done a play um, that I had written uh, that was uh, loosely inspired by Emerson's On Nature. Um, And in my 25-year-old galaxy brain, I was like, oh, well, you know, the first section worked out for me. Like, I'll read the next section because, oh, well, I guess that ruins it. Apparently, I've just never read Emerson before. Um, but um, I was reading the beauty section, and um, the way that he describes uh, nature in that section is all-encompassing, overwhelming, maybe not like tangible, um, and both like awe-inspiring and kind of terrifying. Um, and it's a relationship to nature that I personally feel like I don't have, and I feel like we have done so much to destroy nature that we no longer have that same level of terror about it that we probably should. Huh. Um, and so my brain immediately went to space because I was like, oh, okay, well, where, do, where else can I feel all of those emotions and all those feelings? And I was like a big space kid growing up. Um, like, it like hits all of the perfect anxieties for me. Um, yes. Like, you know, I like spent several weeks of like being nine, just worried about falling into a black hole and like all of my particles like <laughs> disintegrating. Um, so that was kind you of- <laughs> understand so much more about space than 30 year old me <laughs> understands now. Um, But yeah, but so I think that was where I kind of started. Um, And then at the same time, um, I was uh, unemployed. So I had just been working um, in uh, general management. Um, And then when you don't have a show, you're done. So I was unemployed and had no idea what I was going to do. I knew that I wanted to write more. I didn't know what that meant. Um, And so a lot of the- I can feel all these themes. Yes. And so it was all of these like weird, like like life crises moments that were coming together. And in a weird way, the school was kind of, I think of it now that I have been to grad school as me kind of like working through like what it would mean to want to change your life later on in life. Um, all of the characters in the show are like are real, are adults. I say real people. What I mean is not eighteen years old. We're uh, <laughs> fully formed. They're people. fully formed yeah. humans. Um, and I think that that was definitely the element that drew me to school was just this idea of like, where can you go if you want to um, just completely change what you're doing and and. Often going to school is very, it's a period of change. It can be extraordinarily traumatic to your relationships, to your life. Um, And I was really interested in exploring that element of it as as well. So, yeah. 
Um, I, I kind of derailed you earlier, uh, Will. And, and I have no rail. <laughs> uh, neither do I. This is I'm I'm obviously excellent at podcasting. Uh, so, uh, but you you started to go in this direction when I mentioned the um, the designers. I, I love the feel of this. Yeah, we were chatting earlier because um, they're awesome. Everybody, they're in the room and we're we're shouting them out. Woo! Yeah, designers. We they're working. That's how amazing they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, one of the things that I love about indie theater period is just how we make things work period <laughs> like uh and i could imagine this piece being a daunting thing to see on the page to say we're going to do this in the tank and we're going to do it in the tiny theater um but it fits it fits here it feels right here it feels like it feels perfect in this room talk to me about like more like let's keep going down that that side rail that I threw up at you earlier as you were more eloquently speaking about no, no. the themes of the play, about like how you put that together. Like how did you, once you have all these drawings from children, then turn that into the like quasi-spaceship, beautiful LED star room that we have now? Yeah, it was kind of daunting, I guess. Um, I felt, I think um, the... Um, the first thing, you know, if I had a bigger career, the first thing I would do at any theater, it could be hundreds and hundreds of seats, would be to design for the space. I believe in that very importantly. I think that people want to go and feel Amen. something. Yeah, no, I think that people want to go and see something that was designed, like, for that night's experience in mind. So, I, I don't know, the national touring industry aside, like, I think it's your job to put it in the location it's in. So, I mean, that's just kind of, like, interesting to me. So, of course, like, you know, we all, like, Izmir and I sat in this theater three times independently and we're like fuck <laughs> um, and I begged him over the course of months I was like can we can we perform it in the seats and sit them on the stage and he was like you're an idiot and I was like I know <laughs> um, so yeah like you judge you judge I knew that the floor was a strong place in the space because of the rake and the thrust I should say I also chose so we chose this because like I want um, I want the seats filled, and, and someday Johnny and I will be able to fill a 98-seat theater, but that day isn't in 2020, and that's fine. So I knew that was important, so like that, they asked if we wanted that, and we said no. Um, so that was uh, important to me. Uh, and then um, uh, the tank has been incredibly supportive, and, and I've really loved Megan and Daniel for, as producers for a very long time, and they also very intentionally put us when they're... Um, uh, around the holidays because there are fewer space partners so we were had a, a fairly for I think for this space at least generous tech period and that um, and then just generous collaboration yeah, yeah totally totally but at the end of the day it's just like generous people giving their time and helping each other be better and always looking for like the next layer of specificity and that was really important um, yeah like two people in the last couple of days were like it looks just like the model and I was like yeah it makes me really happy and it's because of people who really like worked to make that so Though we didn't UV paint the model. Though, maybe sometime we will. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, there's mild spoilers, but I don't think, I don't think we've given I don't away. understand the culture I would, of spoilers. I wouldn't, put a, I wouldn't put a spoiler alert on this podcast. Johnny right? only reads spoilers. I, it's true. I actually read a lot of recaps. That's how I consume most television. I was going to say, like, I don't know how anybody else, how anybody watches TV. Okay, exactly. Yes, it's very difficult. It. Too much content, 21st century. Yeah. Go to the theater instead. It's the 21st yes. millennia. <laughs> Sometimes in the 21st century, it feels like the 21st millennia. It does feel this way, indeed. <laughs> um, talk to me about what's next for y'all. 
uh, company have play, we read books? Are we still reading books? We're still reading books, and even before we are reading books, like quite literally, I'm not reading books at the moment, and I look forward to it. <laughs> but um, the three of us, especially led by Rebecca Levine, is the third member of our company. We're producing this. Uh, we call it an app play. It's basically a sound walk for Prospect Park, and it's composed by a really talented composer named Jordan Hall. So that'll happen this spring um, when it's not cold. Um, but before it's hot, which I suppose is how one defines <laughs> which is, the which spring. Is, which is April. It's April. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you get. I shouldn't get say that because April. now we're like, we're, oh no, okay. So it's it's April or May. It's April or May. It's it's late spring. You know, this, it, it is 2020. It I might only be the end of February. <laughs> I only leave the apartment in April and September. <laughs> which is not a bad strategy. End of list. Not a bad strategy Unless at all. just like coming straight to the theater. <laughs> um, and what's next for We Read Books? Uh, what book is next? Can you give us, can you give us the preview? This book has not been chosen. Probably not Emerson. I feel like we've really <laughs> wrestled around in his uh, brain in a, in a nice way. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. So um, the last two books were chosen by audience vote. Um, the audience, oh, what loss? The audience, <laughs> yes, and, and what there loss? There was a third option and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that I'm bitter that my option <laughs> lost, but I am. Uh, Your I, option was sociopathic. It was Machiavelli. Um, <laughs> Yeah, actually, wait, was it not? You, no, it was. Oh, yes, it was. Um, yeah, I think a prince books would be great. Exactly. So I, so I mean, like what, a prince of Minnesota. No, we no, should so. redefine what we read books is, because oh, yes. I know what it is, but the listeners might not. <laughs> so we read books is a uh, is a short play series that we do here at the Tank, also in the Fifty Six. Um, and the idea is that we take an extant text. Um, so the first time we did Beowulf, we've done uh, the Yellow Wallpaper, uh, we've did Frankenstein, and we. We ask uh, six writers uh, or songwriters or theater makers to essentially create 10 minute pieces that are loosely inspired by the text that uh, we're asking them to engage with. Uh, so you get six really just like wacky, fun, uh, collaborative pieces that like take these like really often old texts and just really stretch them like as far as they can possibly go. And it's really exciting to see like how people handle that prompt. Um, sometimes it's like, very conservative and sometimes you're like what how did we even <laughs> go from this to this and it's just really fun to see everything like all in one night yeah it's cool to see the mix of sort of like everything from like a fairly traditional sort of naturalism to like really weird stuff uh, together in the same you know 75 minute show oh funny like it almost sounds like that's kind of what you guys do yeah uh, you know working on it. it's like naturalism versus and uh, kind of like out there at the same time uh, the show is or an astronaut play uh, we're at the Tank in the 56-seat theater. The show runs through... January 26th. Tickets and more information can be found at... Uh, the Tank NYC slash Astronaut Play or Inversion Theater slash dot com dot com slash Astronaut Play. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny and Will, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch or an astronaut play at The Tank, 312 West 36th Street, first floor, in Manhattan running through January 26th, 2020. Head to inversiontheater.com, and that's theater with an R-E, or thetanknyc.org for links to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time. 
go see his show. And my personal website is slash com. Yes. <laughs> That's mine too. I just have a feeling that's going to be mine? something awful. <laughs> you took mine? So don't go to that. Don't go to slash com. I just feel like, I, I don't know. Oh, man. Who no, knows? go to slash net instead. <laughs> What's Johnny, what's Will? We won't tell you which is which. You have, by audience vote, you're going to tell us which one they have to put on stage, which is going to be the next yeah, We Read website. Justice for play. Slash Net. I can't get arrested on 36th Street again. Story for another podcast. <laughs> for when I buy you a beer. Okay, great. Thanks, you guys so much. Thank you so, so much.